Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. I am Tom. We are Team Binge. We are back to talk about the TV show Silo. We will be talking about episodes three and four. We're doing this, as Tom likes to call, a twofer. <laughs> He's never used that term, but hopefully by the end of this episode, we'll he, he will have used it three times, and <laughs> I will get the $5 that I bet him prior to us recording. I feel like the world is being sussed out a bit more, and I have more questions, Tom, and I'm mm -hmm. coming to you as the guy with answers, but... Let's start with episode three. This one was called Machines. The focus here was the generators going down. So Juliet's got to work on it. Uh, judicial, there's this push for someone else to be sheriff other than Holston's pick, which is Juliet. And mm -hmm. then uh, the conclusion of this is to whether or not Juliet takes the job. This was very mechanically centered and you're a guy that loves to you're always out there cranking on your machine you know <laughs> turning a wrench turning a screwdriver turning the pliers was this episode just your favorite episode because all of the uh jumpsuits and grease and everything i don't i feel like you are more of the handyman than i am i know how to turn a wrench that's about it so i, I bet you got a little more out of it i think you have limited knowledge as well in engines and turbines. So I'm interested to hear your your knowledge and see how accurate the uh, scene was. But I really liked this episode. I thought it was super intense. All the actual fixing of the generator um, definitely had me on the edge of my seat. And I like where they're moving the plot, adding in some new characters and getting a little bit more uh, in the weeds and, and asking more questions. It's been It's been fun. Right. I didn't know where this show was eventually going to go, but Tom and I love to try and solve a murder, and this show <laughs> is full of murder, murder, murder. So <laughs> we got two. Um, we've got some machines, we've got some murder, and we spend a lot of time in mechanical for this one. Tom, I appreciate. I set all of that up just so you you could mention that I am handy <laughs> with tools. So I'm glad that me fishing for a compliment landed a big old fishing trout. Not a fisherman either. So. We're going to find out a lot about us, but we will hit the major scenes, and we're starting this episode where we left Juliet, which is climbing a rope. Tom, <laughs> the most important question I'm going to answer, or ask you, forgive me, I'm not going to answer it. How hard is rope climbing? When you were in gym class, or maybe you've done <laughs> it as an adult, how did you feel about climbing a rope? I mean, I feel like the ropes I climbed back in gym class had knots on them, making it marketably easier than having to just use your legs on a single rope. And she was, I don't know, conservatively 100 feet off the ground there. So, so far. So tiring. <laughs> all arms. All arms yeah. just up and down. Just. But I mean, she is Juliet of Mechanical and keeps this whole silo, you know, at bay. So it doesn't surprise that she has the muscle to be able to pull herself all the way she up. is kind of developing into a superhero right she's mm -hmm. a great character just from a like strength level the competency her working in mechanical all of this stuff uh, her becoming sheriff i i gotta be honest i think i'm i'm falling harder and harder for <laughs> uh one sheriff nichols i enjoyed holston for his short tour but really mm -hmm. looking forward to sheriff nichols i've got to mm -hmm. say but rope climbing is hard. We're on the rope. We're struggling with the loss of George. And then we have this long 
scene where we discover that this silo still has booze, still has um, a good quantity of it based on brandy that's given out and whatever moonshine that has been distilled and mechanical. And uh, she looks like she's having a great time just getting hammered. Yeah, you got to have your priorities. I feel like one of the first things they probably did was set up a distillery. Uh, but we we make we, we find out very quickly that she is not a good drinker, which doesn't surprise the way she climbed that rope. I mean, she clearly does not have drinker's knees like you and I. No, she does not have drinker's knees. And she doesn't seem to have any issue going from mechanical to the top and walking up those those mm. stairs. So I'm with you. No sign of, of drinker's knees at all. We have the mayor and Marnes. Speaking of drinkers' knees, something tells me Marnes <laughs> got got has drinkers' knees. And to be perfectly honest, I think I would hurt more on the downhill of this. Like it's tiring to go up, but the pounding your drinkers' knees take on the way down. Um, this was uh, this was a struggle for me to watch as <laughs> the mayor and Marnes go to meet Juliet down in mechanical. Yeah, and I feel like there's enough mechanical gizmos and computers and other stuff going on that. It surprises they don't have an elevator, right? Like some sort of pulley system to be able to get people up and down? That's fair. That's fair. There's probably an episode where a guy in one of those funny round hats goes comes to the silo as a traveling salesman, and he's like, you know what you <laughs> folks need? An elevator. What's that? An elevator. And then he does a whole song and dance about it, and in the end they toss him off the top balcony uh, because he's a con man. But So maybe I, that's what uh, broke the, the generator? Yes, yes. The con man being thrown from the top for trying to sell them elevators. They're stair people, Tom, and they will not be disgraced with elevators. I would argue they're stair masters. Oh, <laughs> Look at that. Good work. <laughs> uh, we do get a very weird line, though, when Mayor and Marnes are kind of like walking down. And I feel like I should just call it out because I felt like it goes out of place and kind of gives us maybe a hint towards the mayor eventually kind of getting poisoned and the fact that's probably from her water. Where Marnes says, like, unless you dumped your water to lighten your load, you've got a leak. So, again, just a kind of an odd line saying, I guess she didn't fill her water all the way to the top or her water got replaced by somebody. I still, like, watching this episode for the second time, knowing that she got poisoned, I kind of was on the lookout the entire episode and couldn't really pinpoint when this happened. But I wanted to call out that interesting line. Let me ask you this. Do you think Marnes is the poisoner? I don't think so. I, that, that was my initial thought. I talked to my wife about that, but I don't think he's capable of it, just based on how, like, torn up he is afterwards. And, like, he's torn up when nobody's around. He's not doing it as an act. So I don't, I don't think it's him. Well, I do have questions about like later on when he questions because they kind of share water from like one backpack to another, which I think is a brilliant idea. If you're hiking with somebody, put your water in their backpack and vice versa. But he, he makes a mention that he thinks they were trying to poison him and not her, which I think is fair because we find out he has enemies. But I don't I don't know. I don't know where to take that yet. Two things. One, I found the drinking the other person's bottle from their backpack weird. Wouldn't you put your bottle in the other person's backpack and then yeah, drink your bottle? Yeah, that's what they did. Is it? That's what okay. they did. Yeah. I was confused because he made it sound like, oh, you drink the other person's bottle because it's easier than grabbing your own. And I was like, okay, that's weird. I mean, germs <laughs> and all. And then the other question I have for you is you talked about whether or not Marnes was a murderer and you spoke with your wife about it. Tom, have you ever given consideration that your wife is in on it with Marnes and mm. she was part of this poisoning? Listen, my wife has watched a lot of murder mystery shows and like and she's killed before. ID. Not to <laughs> yeah. reveal too much, but she has killed before. 
Allegedly, right? <laughs> Allegedly, yes. Now hasn't been convicted yet. So, yeah, no, nothing would surprise. That's, yes. I uh, I hesitate to even speak on Mike about it because I know that she is <laughs> she is quick to kill. Listen, and, the other thing I want to mention, too, is like, Watching this for the second time, I realized, okay, there's got to be spies throughout. Like the fact that Bernard here kind of knows things before anybody else and probably should know things because it's been told. So I kind of kept my eye open for like characters in the background or people that might be spies in the show. So again, my wife, probably one of the spies. Okay, good. Now that I've got your suspicion up, um, (laughs) if tomorrow you're poisoned, we'll know who to go after. (laughs) Or, to throw suspicion, she'll let you live a long, happy life, just to... <laughs> we'll, we'll know in 60 years. Stay tuned, people. It's a long con. <laughs> All right. The turbine is out of balance. The turbine is the thing that spins. If it's not balanced, it'll grind and things will break. And this is what runs the generator. We get a little bit of uh, mechanical science in this episode, where they're like, mm-hmm. the steam comes up, the steam turns the turbine that generates the power great thank you for explaining it to a show i do like the like we don't know where the steam comes from we just Mm -hmm. gladly use it i'm Mm -hmm. sure there are some mechanical engineers out in the world that watched this episode and just were screaming at the television (laughs) the whole time they're like that's not what a safety relief valve does you've got to do this anyways i'm sure they lost their minds i'm not a mechanical engineer tom but I did <laughs> yeah. find all of this rotating equipment talk fun. We have Coop getting punched in the mouth by Juliet in what felt extremely violent, violent and out <laughs> of hand for someone who's eventually going to take up the badge. Yeah, because Cooper is her shadow, and we established that kind of shadow relationship of, I guess it's more like a mentorship, but they call it a shadowing. So I don't know, maybe she's just still hungover, but she cold cocks him. Yeah, it was unnecessary. I felt for Coop. I felt for his nose and face. (laughs) And this is where she's brought up to super handsome, yoked, mechanical leader guy. Mm -hmm. And we find out that she is his backup, I guess. Yeah. So she's second in command, I guess. Oh, I don't know. I I like super handsome, jacked up leader guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what we'll call him. Bernard, we have a visit with him. And you mentioned something earlier about Bernard and his spies. He's the little finger, little finger of the silo mm-hmm. with his mm-hmm. little birds. And <laughs> he runs IT, and we find out that IT runs voting machines, which, Tom, I know you've got a lot of things to say about voting machines and <laughs> their reliability. So uh, you often voice these complaints to me, and, and this is your platform to do it, Tom. Go ahead. Whatever you'd like to say. Actually, don't, because they'll sue you. I, I do know. <laughs> I've read enough of the news, so don't do that. But uh, we, fi- we find out that Juliet and Bernard have a history, and he does not like her for one specific incident. Yeah, calls her a thief uh, for stealing heat tapes to prevent their servers from cooking. And like my very first inclination when I heard this, and we get it, I think, later from Julia directly saying, like, she didn't steal these things. She is trying to keep the silo alive. So she probably took them for a specific purpose. And we do find out that that was true. So she's not sure she took them. um, But the way that Bernard is kind of calling her a thief, I think, is a little bit, a little bit sketch. But he he definitely, go ahead. I was going to say it would have been great had they cut to her and she was in clothes made out of tape like she had done her own duct tape 
like shirt and pants and she's like no i did not steal that tape if this show was a comedy that's where the gold is folks you can write me for more joke ideas at not going to say our email because i'm too busy but go ahead (laughs) no i was gonna say that bernard definitely seems to be scheming and plotting like you mentioned he seems to be like he's not the big bad if you will of the the series as it's been presented is this judge of judicial so it kind of makes it seem like she is the one kind of pulling all the strings from that side but i feel like bernard like your your point about little finger i think that's that's very astute because i think that's kind of how how this character is he's probably playing multiple games See, I disagree with you on who the big bad is. The big bad is clearly the rebellion, the people that tried to open the hatch years in the before time, and Mm. the heroes are the founders that gave us all of our rules, Tom. And if we'd (laughs) all just stay in line and follow the rules, we'd live long, happy, fulfilled lives. So I disagree with you. I think judicial are heroes. I do think (laughs) the show is painting Bernard out to be I don't know. Tim Robbins is playing him so smarmy that mm-hmm. you kind of want him to be bad. But I do think that Bernard, for all of his like unlikability, I don't think in the end he's going to be truly like a bad guy. I, you think he's doing it for the greater good? I think he is doing it for the greater good. And I do think that you know he sees some purpose in the rules and keeping everyone in line. And, mm-hmm. and like it's not out of... I don't know. He, he's not doing it out of some weird selfish motivation or like power trip. You could mm-hmm. argue that him becoming pro temp mayor, like maybe he had a hand in it, but I don't feel like he is taking that role on with any level of like glee or this is not necessarily what he wants. He's pretty matter of fact. In fact, Bernard might be a robot. Now that I've <laughs> talked it through, he runs IT, Tom, and everyone knows IT <laughs> is short for computers, and computers are also machines. So, what do you think of that? Is Bernard a robot, Tom? I confirm or I'm... deny? Yes or no? Right now, you have to say one or the other. Um, I'll confirm, but I guess he runs on brandy. <laughs> he runs on brandy. <laughs> Most machines do. Fancy brandy. Uh, A well-known alcoholic lubricant. All right. So we go from there. We have uh, the mayor and Marnes meeting with Dr. Nichols. I'm assuming she didn't change her last name. So this is Dr. Nichols. This actor, you recognized immediately, Tom. Oh, yeah. 100%. This is Jorah Mormont from Game of Thrones. Like you just mentioned, Littlefinger. So here we actually do get a character from the Game of Thrones verse. And it was fun to see him him back on, on screen. I hadn't seen him for a while. I When I first saw him, I was like, I know that guy. And as someone who spent too much time watching BBC shows, I was like, ah, is he in a Miss Marple? Is he in this? <laughs> I actually do think he starred in a BBC show that I watched. I can't remember the name. But then eventually I was like, oh, no, he's Game of Thrones Jorah Mormont the hero of the show probably i don't remember how that show ended <laughs> he was I a think... friend zone guy he just kept oh, constantly getting right. uh, friend zoned by uh, khaleesi right 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 and then he married the dragon i remember i remember it all <laughs> ian glenn i believe is the man's name that's that is exactly his name <laughs> no one tell us if we're wrong <laughs> And we have this moment where talking with Dr. Nichols, we get some backstory on Juliet and her childhood. 
Yeah, and he kind of mentions the idea that she left when she was 13 because she needed to, like, have that feeling of fixing something. So he kind of, like, let her go. So there's definitely a lot more that I feel we're going to get from that relationship. But this is my first note where I kind of realized that, okay, maybe there's some spy and stuff going on. Because when they first arrive in the room, they kind of ask for privacy. And the nurse, as, like, assistant that's in there, she walks out of the door and you still kind of see her framed in some of these shots and you can see her like looking in to the room kind of like literally spying in so i feel like this might be a spy for either judicial or i, I don't know who else maybe it is for bernard um in the medical wing okay okay i did not notice that i did know there were a bunch of babies i thought maybe the babies were spies <laughs> because been. everyone knows babies are suspicious and if you look at their little faces, they're always trying to figure out what's going on. So they make ideal spies mm-hmm. because they collect all the data. And then in six years, when they learn to talk, they share all those secrets. Mm-hmm. So Fact. the thing that the mayor says after this scene is she's like more questions than answers. And <laughs> her and Marnes like stare deeply into one another's eyes. I think something's going on between Marnes and the mayor. I'm interested to see how that all works out for them uh, from a romantic standpoint. Mm. But we have Judicial Sims, who is played by our man Common, delivering some lovely strawberry tart to the (laughs) mayor in this weird, like, garden restaurant. And it's funny to me that, like, strawberries are are a luxury. Maybe it shouldn't be funny to me. Uh, but it is, he's like, listen, one taste of these. He's really selling these strawberries. <laughs> I was like, oh, this guy just opened a strawberry farm and he's trying to get investors. I don't, I don't know what's <laughs> happening here, but she, um, I thought it was a nice gesture. She sees it as like bribing, but I was like, guys, just trying to offer some strawberries. What's wrong with that? I would love if common showed up to where <laughs> I was at and was like, Hey, here's a plate of delicious strawberries. Julian, would you like to try them? And I would say, yes, Mr. Common, I would love some strawberries. Oh, these are delicious. Did you grow these? And he'd say, yes, I have a farm. And for a small amount of money, you can be an investor in said farm. And I would say, yes, Mr. Common, I would love to invest in your farm. Also, I would like to invest in your acting career. And here are some telephone pay-for cards that I would like you to buy from me. And then together, Common and I would be business partners. That's how I would like wow. it to go. Well, all that from one strawberry tart. <laughs> but I, I love Common here because like we, we only really got the bit of him kind of like menacing figure. I, don't even, I think this is the first time we hear him talk, if I'm not mistaken. But he's just, he, he plays this so well because you think he's just a one note character. But like we see him later as a loving father with his, his son in bed um, and like the way he he very eloquently kind of tells her like, Hey, this is just a gesture of good faith. We just want to do whatever. Like it was, it was really great, but I do feel like this was, again, my, my mind is racing about, okay, how did she get poisoned? Is judicial trying to poison her? But I think the the show makes a specific mention of like, he then tries to give it to Marnes who also declines. But then as he's walking away, he like takes a strawberry and eats it. So I thought that was kind of important to kind of show us that maybe it's not judicial, trying to poison one of these characters. Listen, as an investor in his farm, we would never give people poisonous strawberries, Tom. That <laughs> is just not what the Common and Julian strawberry farms are about. That's our brand name. So okay. <laughs> it's a working title. I didn't actually, that's a good point. I didn't even think because I'm dumb 
that, oh, maybe this was an attempt at poisoning. But you do make a good point, and the show is smart in the fact that if that was a misdirect, they at least show him eat the strawberry. Mm-hmm. I find the relationship between him and Marnes one that I'm I'm interested in, like fleshing out in terms of like because they they obviously know each other from back in the day. There's like a history there, and then there's some other communication going on behind the scenes that Marnes is not completely open about. So I I'm I'm interested to see. That relationship, and, and you make a great point. Common's character is being fleshed out and more complex, and so it's it's. Uh, I'm interested to see where he goes and whether or not mm-hmm. that will be. Uh, I mean, Will Patton's a guest star, and Common's a <laughs> yeah. cast member, so I don't know <laughs> how that works on the byline of a TV show. But um, I don't know how long Marnes is going to be with us. Yeah, that's the assumption, right? If you're going to say constantly he's guest starring, like the first credit when all the uh, episodes end, I would imagine he's probably not long for the silo. Right. Although I know an extremely popular podcast where there's a guest on it, and that <laughs> guest is on every episode and has been. And despite the host's nice letters of cease and desist, that guest keeps showing up, and it's almost like he's trying to be a co-host. So I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> The entertainment business is weird, Tom. Mm-hmm. It's fickle. You try to serve me money a time, but I'm not having it. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to mechanical. The turbine's off balance. Juliet uses her special powers to sense what's happening in the machine. There are a couple of times during this show I was like, really, show? I don't know. Come on. But she's like, she's touching the, which vibration analysis of rotating equipment is a thing, and but it's not typically done by hand. But then you hear stories about guys that were like, oh, my grandpa used to be able to put a wooden-handled screwdriver to the valves of a, of a car and tell you what bearing was off. So who knows? Maybe this is a thing that mechanical people can do. I don't know. Is she magical? That's my question to you, Tom. I don't know. Maybe she's Neo, man. She can talk to machines. Was that Neo's power? He could talk to machines? I don't know. I thought his powers was he could dodge bullets and then shoot bullets from guns, although that's not really a super No, I'm pretty power. sure he had finger bullets. Okay. All right. Uh, Tom and I will be doing a rewatch of all the Matrix movies here shortly because apparently this show does give you, we've talked about this, Matrix vibes, like just Mm -hmm. the, like the stark mechanical cold uh, world they live in is is very much like Zion. In fact, I'm just rehashing an opinion you had from last (laughs) podcast. So uh, will you excuse me, please? The... (laughs) Uh, mayor witnesses Juliet like in her element and the mayor's like we've got to watch this like look at how she handles these machines which we don't even get to watch because Juliet's like hey give me the wrench I told you this was going to happen handsome buff dude and then he's like "All right, I'm going to close you inside this heated chamber good luck (laughs) I was like this OSHA would be upset with everything that's happening here yeah, no ear protection. I mean, maybe that's where she gets her tan. I mean, it looks like it's just a big tanning bed in there. It's all orange. She looks fabulous. She yeah. looks fabulous. 
But so then the mayor kind of exits here and she goes to visit Martha, who we've, you know, given the lovely name of Toaster Lady. So the kind of like person that like the hermit that just kind of stays in there and is just constantly fixing stuff. And this was interesting because I think we get a little bit of backstory on the mayor, like the mayor and Martha, I guess, were, were old friends. And she, Martha does make mention of them, uh, the people that live up high being called the up toppers and not the tip toppers, which I thought was kind of funny because uh, oh, I think tip toppers is probably a better name, but you know, here we are. Let's call them the tip toppers, Tom. <laughs> up at the tippy top, the tip toppers. <laughs> Uh, but I, I had to ask here, do you know, did you recognize Martha? I know we're a couple episodes in, but did you know what else this uh, actress is portrayed? Her voice is very familiar, and so I know she's in something that I should know. My answer is I thought her character's name was Ruth, so I can guarantee I don't know what the actress's <laughs> real name is. So, yeah. no, Tom, <laughs> reveal to me. who Who is this? This is a character that played a mother on a show that we podcasted for three seasons. Rebecca Welton's mother from Ted Lasso. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's so funny. Right? Yeah, it took me a second to to put that together. But like watching this episode, I'm like, I I have to look this up. And yep, sure enough, she was from Ted Lasso. That's uh, why she recommends a, uh, a, not a psychopath, a psychic (laughs) to the mayor. A psychopath would be a weird recommendation. (laughs) Hey, go talk to, you need therapy. Go talk to my psychopath. Uh, I don't think that's how that works. Tom, good catch. That's brilliant. I'm an idiot. I feel real dumb, to be honest. So thank you. We just finished that show and she was in several episodes of season three she wasn't oh, a huge goodness. character it's an understandable uh miss but oh, but again man. ultimately the mayor here is is asking juliet about like or asking about juliet because there's there's kind of like almost a mother a daughter relationship with, sure. with martha and juliet here so this is i think what ultimately puts the mayor over the top and says okay like i'm going to agree and give give juliet this this job if she wants it Right. So the next scene, after she's gotten done doing whatever quick fix it is, the mayor informs Juliet that she was Holston's pick. She very quickly declines, doesn't even ask about salary or benefits. It's just Mm -hmm. like, no, thank you. Which I got to think of this world, maybe there aren't salary and benefits. Is this, Tom? Is this a commune? Tom? Did you trick me? Into watching a show about communists? Tom, you tell me right now. Is this a silo full of communists? Tom? Um, yes, Tom? it is, my friend. They have a recycling program. Oh, everyone knows recycling's a myth. Everyone. This is... I cannot believe you tricked me into this once again. Oh, how disappointing. All right. Now I'm on the side of the revolutionaries. Open that hatch. Let the communists... Let, let the poison in. I don't know. Is is the poison capitalism in this? uh... Yes, let it in. (laughs) Let it in so everyone can triumph, Tom. Uh, I do like how Julia gives the line about like everybody thinks their job is the most important, but mine actually is, which is great because we have established that she is the one keeping the silo running. So I I like that concept and idea. Right, yes. The arrogance of mine (laughs) actually is is a great line delivered. But uh, Juliet... I mean, cooking with gas. She's doing a wonderful job. And uh, Rebecca Ferguson, huge fan. Uh, Once Mm. again, watching this and simultaneously watching the Mission Impossible movies, (laughs) she's just underutilized if she's not in every other movie. But all right. She gets the badge from the mayor. And I love that (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that the it takes the other deputy to be like, something scratched in here. When they show you it, it's clearly scratched. It's like, <laughs> it's not a secret what it says. It says truth. Like, what's going on here? Well, she How did no one else notice? She doesn't turn the badge. Like, if you watch the scene again, she's just looking at the front of it. She never actually, like, gives it much thought or look. But ultimately, we figure out that this is, like, the quote-unquote signal that Holston is giving her by saying truth. And I'll kind of put my kind of tinfoil hat on here. I think it is kind of interesting that it's spelled um, with, like, upper and lowercase, where the T is uppercase, the R-U is lowercase, and the T-H is uppercase. So I'm wondering, and she makes a, a point to even hold on to the badge later. I'm wondering if there is going to be something to that. Like, why is the R-U lowercase and, and the T-H and T uppercase? So probably nothing, but it, it stood out to me. Oh, I think it's just Holston reminding her that tobacco is evil and to not to not smoke. Oh, the truth campaign. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're welcome. If you, if you flip the uh, badge over, it says dare. And then that's the anti-drug campaign. And she's like, truth or dare, this is a game. And it's, nope, you're not supposed to smoke and you're not supposed to do drugs. He was a police officer, Juliet. Get with it. Truth or dare. Truth and dare, I guess it is. Wow, I'm all over the place. I'm sorry, Tom. (laughs) That is Holston's middle name. Holston Dare Becker. (laughs) But his nickname was Truth, which is confusing. So... Rebecca, upon seeing this, runs down and she's like, listen, Mayor, Marnes, I, I want to point out, first off, I love Will Patton. I love everything mm-hmm. about Will Patton. The actor's <laughs> fabulous in this role as Marnes. I don't know if you caught it, and I don't remember exactly what he says, but when she declines to be sheriff, he's like, oh, thank God. Like, hallelujah. He, yeah, hallelujah. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, oh, we walked all the way down there for her to make the right choice. Thank you. So for her to then come back and be like, you know what? I, I would like the job, but uh, you have to shut down the generator first. And they go into the whole, that's never been done before. It's crazy. One night, it's going to be anarchy. And uh, I don't know. Most of the people in the silo feel like their spirits are pretty dead. So I don't know <laughs> that you're going to get a huge like riot. But I just wanted to point out, Marnes is like asides or comments are perfect for uh, for what Will Patton's doing. That's for sure. Yeah. But oh, this he's is... a great like wingman to her. Not wingman, but like yeah, kind of like hype person or whatever for the mayor. I love it. Listen, I would pay hundreds of dollars for Will Patton to be my wingman <laughs> and wear a sheriff's uh, outfit and just follow me around and say stuff. I would love mm. it. <laughs> but this is all leading to the one night of power outage, which felt a lot like if you ever did a lock a lockdown, Tom, in like school where they like, I don't know if your soccer team ever did a lockdown or like our church youth group would do lockdowns. Like uh, it's just a bunch of people sleeping in common areas. I don't know, playing truth or dare. And by that, I mean not smoking or smoking drugs. Yes, that's right. But we It's have... fun. It's just a big uh, silo slumber party. That's right. The, sli- the silo slumber party. <laughs> Everyone is preparing for the outage. We find out that there are gun lockers in this world, which is good. Mm-hmm. Gun safety is important. I'm glad they're all <laughs> locked up. Although one would argue pretty soon we're going to find out gun lockers are only good if you lock them. But Fair. there is a mechanical um, family meeting where they have a lot of steam turbine talk and everyone gets together and they're like, listen, once again, this is where all the mechanical engineers in the audience were losing their minds. 
Yeah, I'm wondering if, I, I feel like there was enough talk here where maybe some of it did make sense. I don't know, but I like the little nod to Inception with the little spinner that they kind of put on screen, and then she kind of takes a little bit off of it and then shows how it kind of wobbles. So I thought that was very helpful for an audience that probably doesn't understand what's going on, because I certainly did not. But I'd like, the, and you mentioned it earlier, talking about like the steam coming from below, and they make mention of not knowing where it came from. We do know that there's a massive amount of water below them, so whether they're hit like an aquifer or is there some other mechanism or machine below them that is creating the steam i think that is interesting and i'm assuming we'll find out more volcano um, a, a volcano yeah maybe they're on an active volcano i do want to call out because i think it was a, it's a cool little extra catch in the background there's a sign on the wall it says like uh, signs for syndrome so i think they had mentioned it the idea of people being like depressed or suicidal and like the signs to look for. So if you pause it, you can see on the wall, there's like a, a syndrome sign that says like, these are the things to be on the lookout for. Oh, interesting. No, I didn't catch that. Tom, I don't like that you laughed at the idea that they built this on a vo volcano. <laughs> Think of it this way. A volcano already has the hole big enough for a silo to go into. And okay. there is also heat at the bottom so that you can heat the steam and use it to power a turbine. All you have to do is make sure it never erupts. But if it does, it just relocates the silo to a different spot, pops it out just like a gun. So a bullet from a gun, I should say. So please don't laugh at my ideas. They are uh, pretty sound in terms of the science. And <laughs> You're an innovator, man. <laughs> I'm an innovator, yeah, who never took a science class. A lot of religion classes, no science class. So this will probably explain it. <laughs> A little bit about why I don't understand why the silo uh, shouldn't be built in a volcano. So b before we get into it, we have obviously the big repair operation. Get into thing, the volcano, which is, Tom. Which the is volcano great. that's perfectly safe and can hold a silo. Is that what you mean by getting into? No, not quite yet. Um, but we do get the bit of them switching to backup power and then all the people having the slumber party in the cafeteria. We see that outside image flicker to the lush green environment right before it shuts off. No. And I was like, no. you didn't catch this? No, I did not, Tom. <laughs> How I did you not? I was probably, I was like, oh, they're switching to backup power. I probably looked at my phone. Are you serious? Is that yes. that's truly what happened? Yes, it was. Oh. They, they, they show a handful of the people like after it flickers. It's like for half a second and then it just goes black. But they, they kind of focus on like Holston's assistant, I think, which we see, I think, in the next episode when Juliet eventually takes the role and kind of like does not really like Juliet much. But it, it, it kind of focuses on her and her just being like, what just happened? What was on the screen? So you know that's going to come back later. And I cannot believe you didn't clock that. Well, here's the deal. Okay, so <laughs> there's a lot of chicanery with screens, right? We talked about mm -hmm. whether or not the helmets, when you go out to clean, are screens and maybe show you something that's not reality. We have these screens that show us the outside world, and maybe they're not showing us reality, hence why the image flickers. Tom, we're watching this show on a screen, so how do we know <laughs> the TV show itself is not showing us something that's that's not true? I, I mean, I'm looking at our outline on a computer screen. Now I'm wondering <laughs> if this outline is even real. Ah. Uh, we did get an Inception reference in this episode, uh, so who knows, man? Maybe we're a show within a show within a dream within a screen. 
All right. Well, I've got a hotel you and I can meet at and jump off the balcony <laughs> in order to get to the next dream level. So, okay. Whew. All right. The I'm going to say the repair operation is very tense, very well done. My only criticism of this, Tom, is I really expected someone to die and no one died. I thought maybe mm. Coop was going to get lost. I thought, you know, something when that turbine blade falls, I thought, you know, let's cut someone in half. Give me mm-hmm. a little bit of violence show. <laughs> but no, this show is just murdering people, but not with turbine blades. So... Mm. I, I don't know. I wanted the stakes a little bit higher in terms of to show me how dangerous this world is, but everyone lives. It's like a G.I. Joe episode. No one ever gets hurt. Yeah, there weren't there weren't any red shirts here. I, I kind of thought the same. They even kind of made mention, that, like, I think Juliet makes a line, like, I need your best and I need your quickest or whatever right now. So, like, you figured, okay, accidents are going to happen. Um, I was kind of surprised there as well. Yeah. The... Uh, <laughs> I think we've already passed it, but I did appreciate there's one scene where there's like an old guy asking for help and he's like, the power went off and I was on the stairs. There's always like one guy that doesn't get the memo (laughs) about power outages or something going down. And he's like, oh, I was going for my morning jog and I didn't realize there was not going to be any any power or light. But I felt uh, like that was kind of odd and out of place ish. Like I'm watching it again a second time. I kept thinking. Okay, is this guy causing a diversion for something? Is yeah, is he the poisoner? Like I don't, I don't know. I, it was just weird. It didn't seem like the scene was really necessary. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, I clocked it, but only as a. I'd probably be that guy. I'm like out for a jog, <laughs> which I never. I don't jog, so that doesn't make any sense. But I'm out for a walk um, with walking sticks, and they're like, "Oh, the power's out." Anyways, mm-hmm. the important thing about the whole repair operation is that. Juliet almost drowns and she has talked about like this fear of drowning or this mm-hmm. fear of like going into water. So I felt like this was like her showing <laughs> maybe not that she's immune to drowning, but maybe <laughs> exposing her to being underwater a little bit, albeit in the worst circumstances. Um, she's yeah. a lobster in a hot water. <laughs> like this was weird. Yeah, it definitely seemed like that was boiling water, but I like that take that she, you assume at some point she's going to have to go down there and try to find this other like hatch or tunnel or whatever that George was looking for. So getting her a little bit, uh, getting her feet wet, if you will, <laughs> I think is kind of cool. Yep. The, whew, a lot of things are like popping and steam coming out of them because of the overpressure. And I thought, guys, while fixing this turbine, did we maybe create a lot more work as we're going to have to, like, I don't know, weld all those valves and, like, close <laughs> up all those cracks? And this is my biggest fear, Tom, in the world is anytime I go to fix something, in the back of my mind, I constantly think, in the process of me trying to fix this, am I going to break it further? And yes. so as this was happening, I was like, Oh, guys, yeah, we've made more work for ourselves. And so this is why anytime I'm taking something apart, like a pool pump or, I don't know, a chicken uh, breast <laughs> rotisserie from Costco, I you think, it worse. am I making this worse? <laughs> and then I eat the skin off the rotisserie chicken and think, no, I cannot make this worse because it's <laughs> delicious. We have some... Mayor and Marn's romance, just uh, just lovely, just uh, two old people finding each other, a late-in-life romance. 
Did you see that? Like, I didn't see this coming really at all. I didn't see any kind of like budding relationship with them. They make mention like where they kind of like maybe stare longingly at each other when they were given the initial speech. But like the idea of them opening up shops, I think was cute. And I like this relationship. I, I, I saw it coming. I mean, the way these two, the chemistry between these two, I, you know, <laughs> I thought immediately we were going to see them tearing each other's clothes off at Freedom Day's. <laughs> ceremony i was rooting for it so okay. <laughs> uh 100 saw this coming and uh i did make the comment that it was a late in light uh, late in life romance uh it's almost the latest in life romance the mayor could have possibly gotten involved <laughs> with because uh she is not going to be with us in more than uh, a scene but mm-hmm. i want to touch on juliet being absolutely awesome Uh, she's in a jumpsuit covered in oil she fixed everything she's great she's my hero Uh, i would like juliet to be sheriff mayor and judicial i would like juliet (laughs) to be judge dread tom that's that's what i discovered during this episode and um we have a quick scene where she meets with martha before she's going up top and she gives George's uh, video camera, which they don't mm-hmm. know what it is, but mm-hmm. um, they do give in order for her to fix it. Yeah. And I think we get, again, the very heavy, like, kind of mother vibes here. Well, like, they didn't give, like, a hug, but just the way they kind of said goodbye, I think it was very heartwarming. And I, I like this relationship. The mayor and Marnes are about to, we'll just say, be intimate and. Uh, the mayor, thinking that is a terrible idea, poisons herself and quickly <laughs> dies, I believe. That's how I saw this happening. Is that what is that what happened? I don't I don't think so. Um, so again, my what I was trying to do rewatching this was trying to pinpoint the moment like she ultimately did get poisoned. And I'm the assumption is and I think they're laying it on pretty heavy that it's from the water bottle. She makes like takes one more swig of her water right outside of IT as like Bernard's asking about the outage, which again, Bernard knowing about the outage already or what happened or, or knowing that Juliet's going to be mayor. So he's got the spies. But my, my assumption is that's when it happened. So maybe when the lights went out, when the power was out or when they were out there having their like conversation, or whatever, that's when somebody swapped the water or something or or, or she's being poisoned the whole day i, I don't know but it, the illness seemed to come on relatively quickly right and he points out that it was rat poison so it's a quick acting poison mm-hmm, he does mm-hmm. say i've seen it before which is a little bit questionable uh he's like i i poisoned the last mayor just like this i know exactly <laughs> what this looks like and everyone's like what and mine's is like oh never mind i'm angry i loved her He's been around a long time. He's seen he's seen his fair share of poisons. He's seen so many poisonings. <laughs> Marnes the Poisoner, in fact, is his nickname. So it's <laughs> weird that no one is casting suspicion on him. But um, yeah, I I enjoyed this episode. When I like thought back on it, I was like, oh, it's a little bit just all about that turbine. But then on the second rewatch, I was like, oh no, they really they do unpack quite a bit and they lay mm-hmm. the groundwork for. A murder mystery, which we love. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed the I enjoyed the episode thoroughly. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think uh, again, like each episode, like the first two, I think were their own bit to set up both the Holston and Allison storylines, which again sets the rest of our kind of main character or cast of characters for this season. Um, and I like how each episode has been a little bit more unique and different um, in such a small environment. It's it's been a fun show. And Juliet Nichols is my hero. 
She's just incredible. Back, she has my vote. And we're on to episode four. Episode four is called The Tea Ruth. And uh, Ruth is the woman in the toaster repair shop, right? So this episode <laughs> no, is all the about... The mayor's name is Ruth. You're making it even more confusing. Oh, am I? Okay. Yeah, her name is Ruth Johns. So Tea Ruth. So this is the termination of Ruth, Mayor Ruth, because she just nice. died. Is that Nailed why <laughs> this is called Tea Ruth? Uh-huh. Thank you, Tom, for going with it. Here are the big points of this episode. We get Juliet's background. Haunted past. Haunted past, yes. So young Juliet, which I got to be honest, if I could have fast forward, if I had a remote and I didn't have to get up and go to the TV to hit fast forward, um, I would have fast forwarded through the Juliet background stuff. Uh, I think I got the gist pretty early on. The main theme of her background is that she has discovered fixing things helps her escape from the pain of losing both mother and brother. Mm -hmm. And then we get her stepping into the office of sheriff and carrying the badge, much like Tom, Ed, and No Country for Old Men, two (laughs) sheriffs that are going down in the history of the world as the best sheriffs ever. (laughs) <laughs> uh, which I bring that up because Cormac McCarthy just died. And so I started rereading No Country for Old Men again. And that book's incredible. But mm. it relates, Tom, because there's sheriffs in both this show and that book. So please don't edit this out because it's important. <laughs> it is. We have this opening scene where she's playing doctor as a kid, but they like made the brother like really pass out. They're like, listen, you could pretend to be a doctor, but if we hit him over the head with a pan and you get to practice giving him an oxygen and bringing him to, then you'll be a better doctor. Is that what happened here? What's going on in this scene? Why are they, why are they letting the kid revive the other kid? Um, I, I did not see this scene as a training session for her. Um, I think there's a lot of questions here. (laughs) Like, like medical malpractice? Clearly... If you were a lawyer, this is the scene you'd point to when you were filing yes. medical malpractice against this child. It'd be like, child, do you have? are you a doctor? She's like, no. Why are you giving oxygen? Case closed. Millions of dollars towards the plaintiff. Thank you. But this is where I have a lot of questions because we know that the father, Jorah Mormon here, he is a doctor. A real doctor. The, the, the one leading kind of the help effort for the son is the mother. So is like the mother a doctor as well? Like the kid has kind of purple lips. We kind of find out later or certainly insinuated in one of the early episodes that uh, the brother and the mother potentially committed suicide. So I, I've got a lot of questions and I, I feel like it's, we were going to have to get more of this backstory and understand what, what happened to her mother or, or what, kind of led to this her brother's sickness here yeah i'm gonna go they hit him with a pan and they were just playing doctor so this was a drill and she didn't pass and that's why she ended up in mechanical i don't know i did not understand to your point he probably is sick but they made i guess they telegraphed suicide for the mom and i kind of felt like it was a telegraph suicide for the little brother too but now that i think about it it was maybe the brother 
unfortunately died from a sickness and that led to Mm -hmm. suicide from the mom right that's probably i tend to agree now Mm -hmm. okay okay Mm -hmm. well we'll never know the show will never explain it to us uh (laughs) we're at episode four and uh although it says truth they're not giving us a lot of truth so Juliet goes up to the mayor's office, and the mayor is sleeping on the floor, which seemed odd. And <laughs> Tom, when you sleep, do you pull the blanket over your face? The mayor, when she sleeps, she pulls the blanket over her face. This didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Sometimes. It looks like she just had a Bloody Mary as well, so. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I can't swallow this because of all the calories. So she spit it up all over the floor. Oh, man, we shouldn't make light of this old lady's murder, but we are. <laughs> Murder, murder, murder. Hey, we murder all over the place. George is murdered. The mayor's murdered. Um, I love a double. Well, I was gonna say I love a double murder, Tom, but that's probably not something I want to put out into the world. <laughs> um, I love it in my TV shows. Thank you, mm. uh, Agatha Christie. Smart. Good yeah. cover. Yeah. Good. 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 They'll never suspect. Anyways. <laughs> Common is in there with Marnes and Bernard and give Marnes the Oscar during this scene. (laughs) He breaks a chair. He talks about wanting blood. He talks about the poisoned water. I mean, if the Golden Globes are... What do they give for television shows? Emmys? A Tony? Mm -hmm. Give him an Anthony. I don't know what it is. Give him an (laughs) EGOT. This guy's doing incredible work in the scene. I bet breaking that chair was ad-libbed, Tom guaranteed (laughs) that chair was made of high tensile aluminum and he shattered it in his bare hands that's what kind of actor will Patton is the will Patton. wow wow brilliant the the father of Patton oswald the comedian did you know that tom that will Patton is the father of uh uh, Patton oswald is his first name that doesn't make sense (laughs) well in some cultures anyways i don't have time to explain it to you (laughs) But this is where Marnes makes the the connection that he thinks people are trying to murder him. And at first I was kind of like, I don't think that's the case. Like, who wants to take down this, like, I don't know, would-be wannabe sheriff guy as opposed to maybe the mayor. But I think there is some something to this with the show is showing us that really nobody seems to really hate the mayor. Like, she doesn't have the near the amount of enemies that Marnes does. So I feel like it maybe does make sense if he was the target and maybe they did switch water at some point. I don't, I don't know. Okay. So you buy the theory that the poison was meant for Marnes and inevitably the mayor partook of it. And I so didn't think at first, but they, they, they do such a heavy handed thing about saying how many enemies that Marnes has. Right. I think, like maybe that is, is the, yeah. The Common even has a line. He's like, man, I forgot how many people hate you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I don't like your phrasing of would be sheriff. I think Marnes is a good lawman. I think you need, I don't think you want your silo lawman to be likable. Even Holston says it. He's like, hey, mm. if I'm doing my job, I'm not going to be liked. Uh, yeah, and look where that got him. Retirement and a golden badge, and he's just living the dream <laughs> out there in the sunny outer silo, I think is what they call it. Retirement. is Out to pasture. Yeah. Uh, he's dead. Anyways, <laughs> actually, I don't think he's dead. I'm officially on record. I don't think he's dead. Oh, um, okay, okay. All right, so we've given Marnes the Oscar because he's an incredible actor <laughs> and he deserves all of the accolades. We find out that Bernard is mayor pro temp, which, mm-hmm. Tom, that's Latin for uh, he is a pro 
at being temporary. That's what pro temp means. You're welcome. I think it's pro temp, not pro temp. No, pro temp uh, is like Ryan on the office. He is a temp. So pro <laughs> temp. Thank you, drink, office, fans. All right. Who's this guy in the cafeteria, Tom? Tell me now. Give me answers. His name's Lucas. We find out later. Who is Lucas? I dude, no idea. Like at first, I'm like, okay, Tom? is he like a spy? Is he George 2.0? I mean, he's clearly staring at the screen, and he seems to be like taking notes almost, maybe making observations. So I don't, I don't know. Who do you think this guy is? So you brought up the flickering of the screen of the screen of the screen <laughs> in the last episode. They it's a queen. It's so cute. No, 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 no. Listen, in the silo, the lingo, they say squeen. Okay? okay. It's just okay. something all the cool kids say. So don't edit this out. I am right. And I'm a cool kid. And I will always be. Thank you. I'm wondering if he is now observing the squeen because of the flickering that happened in the last episode. It's possible, but they didn't, like, feature him. Like, to feature him enough in this episode and give him lines with uh, Juliet later, I feel like they would have then showed him, like, rambling with the other people that were in that area. My other thing is they are setting him up to be a love interest for Juliet, even though I think he's trying too hard. And I have some other questions, but I think we should get into it when they actually have a conversation later in uh, the episode. But this guy's job is apparently just hanging out in that cafeteria, watching that screen. (laughs) (laughs) I hate myself, Tom. Can't go back now. The self-loathing I feel. (laughs) Oh, uh, okay. Sandy, the sheriff's assistant, does not like Juliet. Mm, no yeah and again she was the one that had the the focus on the screen so i don't think i really recognized her much she was in maybe the first episode but i'm glad they're bringing her her in because i'm assuming she's gonna have a greater role yes but she is a levelist tom there's in this (laughs) silo there is something that we all need to fight against and that's levelism which Mm. is assuming someone is something typically in a negative connotation based on what level they're from. So Sandy is a levelist. <laughs> okay, that's um, true. And she is against the down, down deep because she's a tip, tip, top. So um, I guess I think it's interesting that they're, they kind of make this into a, a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're from up here. We're from down there. I do like Juliet leaning into it. She's like, oh, we mostly eat children. That was a, <laughs> that was a cold blooded line. And I loved every moment of it. Yeah. Didn't giggle. Didn't laugh. Didn't like <laughs> say it was a joke. I, I love it. She left it out there too. Nope. I love the idea of a grab and go three levels down. You just go mm-hmm. down there, get yourself a silo sandwich. Sounds great. Uh, she does ask about files. She's like, what's in that locker? Are there files? And Sandy, uh, I appreciate the no-nonsense of Sandy, where she's like, you're asking about files. Why? Who? And this is where she brings up George Wilkins. And so this will obviously be Juliet's main reason for taking the badge, right, is to try and find, because she feels like this will lead to what happened to George, right? Yeah, that is her mission. I don't think she cares really anything about other parts of the silo. No, she's going to be a cool sheriff that just lets things slide. And then she's just finding out what happened to George. All the other rules. 
I do think it's weird that there's not an entrance exam for the sheriff, but mm. we can we can get into policing <laughs> later, I guess. Okay. Uh, a topic that's uh, easily discussed without emotions going one way or the other. So uh, we then have a flashback. And Tom, I'm tempted just to give you all the flashbacks because once again, I feel like we spent a lot of time with the flashbacks and I needed less of the time with the flashbacks. But Juliet is a, ti- is a child. Uh, we discover that she goes down to recycling because with her family members gone, everything in the silo gets recycled. And um, so she has to be the one to deliver her brother and mother's stuff to recycling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she makes a point of like keeping the brother's like little toy horse, which is like, I guess her, her way to be able to kind of keep her brother close or in memory. But yeah, the dad, like, again, the, I, I like the idea of doing the backstory and understanding, like, why she came down here. And and like I said earlier, with, like, the mom and the brother and their the way they passed, like, I feel like the show is going to keep coming back here to be able to help establish why Juliet is the way she is today and, and like, why she's going so hard to kind of figure out and find the truth. So I'm with you. Like, these scenes weren't necessarily my favorite, but I think they're going to fill in the gaps and make her arc as Sheriff probably more enjoyable sure they really the irishman jora norm uh jora mormont which i thought <laughs> is always fun when they try to make old people look young oh yeah um, <laughs> it never quite works but robert de niro kicking that guy to death in the irishman is kind of the pinnacle <laughs> of um anyways that's 70 years old um i didn't really understand so so is the idea here that dr dad didn't care enough like he he made her take the stuff to recycling instead of doing it himself. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's that. I think it's more, we're going to get more backstory about, because, because Juliet clearly blames him for this. And if blames him for what, for their deaths or for, yes, 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 yes. So that's why I feel like we're going to get dad murdered the brother and mother. (laughs) No, Tom. (laughs) Yes or no. You already said no. So that does it. Dang it. It's got more weight if they're... Never mind. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But yeah, I think something had to have happened because if it was... If, if the, the, her brother died of an illness and the mom takes her life, like, I don't know how you can blame the dad for that. But Juliet clearly does here as a kid and what ultimately pushes her to completely leave and abandon her father and go down to mechanical. So again, I think we're going to get more backstory and, and figure out why Juliet feels this way about her father. Okay, so you don't think Dr. Dad is a murderer. You just think he, she blames him for the deaths or at least contributing in some way, and that causes her to not want to be around him. Am yeah, I, maybe, I don't know. Maybe as like a doctor, he was experimenting on his kid or something. Oh, like, I don't, oh, I don't know. Wow. Who knows? Okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Uh, you've said some things here that are now recorded, <laughs> so we'll be able to come back to them. But if your track record holds true, you're probably right about all of it. And that's what I don't <laughs> like about you, Tom, is the fact that you're typically right about these things. I Speaking, throw enough stuff on the wall and some will stick. <laughs> some will stick. Speaking of things that will stick, Bernard shows up with one witness and he swears her in. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of trying to bury the hatchet here, like confronts her about the whole stealing thing. And she says she reappropriated it, which I thought was fantastic. But through this scene, we hear like the clacking of that little like washer in the vent, which we don't know yet until the end. 
uh, but I'd like to have it's it's even mentioned like hey you want to fix that and then Bernard makes a, a, a point about not making enemies out of maintenance which I don't think we've met anybody from maintenance yet but I thought that was kind of interesting so maybe we are going to get some maintenance you know they're going to be another faction in this the show I guess maintenance is different than mechanical we have mechanical maintenance IT judicial and strawberry farmers which <laughs> yeah. If you're a fan of strawberries, come down to Common and Julian's farm. We've got the freshest <laughs> strawberries around, and we'll beat any other strawberry dealer's prices by some amount of money, probably a percentage or a bushel. A baker's dozen, we'll say. Julian Common's farm, always fresh strawberries. Uh, that's our ad, Tom. You can chalk that one up. You don't I'll have spice to. spice it up. You don't have to sell us Anchor anymore. Just sell us <laughs> strawberries. All right. She gets the combo to the file cabinet and gun cabinet, which is great. Um, always good. She rifles through there. And Sandy comes in, I think, at this point and mentions that Judicial doesn't have a Wilkins file. So this is the clue that it's out there somewhere in the world, right? Well, I think more so that judicial knows that she's poking around i think is probably maybe the the bigger bit here so i'm assuming she wanted to probably keep this a little bit more hush hush uh the fact that now sandy said we we specifically asked judicial they're probably going to be a little bit more i don't know oh, aggressive so you with think their tactics. inevitably by her asking sandy to look into it and sandy asking judicial judicial now knows that Juliet is in on whatever suspicious thing happened to George. So she should have just kept this to herself and not asked Sandy. That's what you're saying? Yeah, especially as like Sandy being like, <laughs> your words are levelless and they're not really on the great terms. It, it seems odd that she would She's position this. She's a hateful levelist, Tom. Because she, levelist. she goes to like one of the other recyclers and says like, hey, did you get any of... Uh, uh, wholesome, wholesome stuff, stuff yeah. and then says like hey don't tell anybody about it just bring it right to me so like she's trying to keep it hidden but um, i'm sure this is going to probably bite her that that judicial no knows tom explain to me the note doubling the flowers why are we doubling the flowers why are the flowers important yeah i feel like this is just another clue that's going to make sense later but i mean i've i've tried to make sense of this and i don't think they've really done anything quite yet so i'm assuming we got her to like the papers and stuff at the end, but I don't think the hard drive was maybe in there. So maybe the flowers has something to point her to the hard drive or some other clue. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I mean, we're going to get more of it. We have to. Man, Holston, he's like a master gamesmith just <laughs> yeah. putting all this stuff together. And when we meet him later, he's going to be like, oh, I just really like flowers. So <laughs> yeah, please. We have Marnes um, gently interrogating someone. Yeah, he has different rules for punching than uh, Mechanical does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one really chastises. And maybe this speaks to Marn's reputation like, and why people hate him because he's willing to go down and just throw fists. Um, but uh, he's not going to spend a day doing trash in Mechanical for his no. transgressions. He's just uh, punching dudes. And Juliet comes down and stops him. They have a conversation these ice cubes weren't real, Tom. I'm going to, first off, no ice cubes come out of trays that easily. Those ice cubes were gigantic and they weren't real. Um, show, ice cubes are not that hard to make. Some people have machines in their house that make them for free. 
But <laughs> she explains talking to Holston about George Wilkins' murder uh, and then him saying that he'll send her a sign. And then she says the next time she saw him, he was going out for the cleaning. So you and I kind of mm-hmm. talked about this. My thought was that they would establish a relationship and have more conversations. But we literally see their first conversations and their last conversations. So Mm -hmm. uh, it is, I mean, from a show perspective, it's kind of fun to be like, okay, she is like absolutely in the dark and she Mm -hmm. has to retrace his steps in order to figure out what he discovered before he went to clean. Mm -hmm. This is interesting too, because we're just talking about Juliet, you know, confiding in Sandy about the George Wilkins file. And now she's kind of laying it all here on the table to Marnes. And I, I, I'm interested to see your thoughts. Like, do you think this is smart to put her trust in, in him at this point? I think she maybe she's just looking for an ally and she's, you know, didn't find it with Sandy and maybe she's trying to get it with, with Marnes here. No, it's a good point. And I did have the thought, like, she is sharing all this stuff with a lot of people she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And so Marnes, listen, the guy's an EGOT winner. So he may have he may have murdered the mayor, and then he's just such a good actor, singer, uh, theater guy, and I think you a Nobel Peace Prize. He probably discovered dynamite. I don't know what an EGOT stands for, but he's so good at what he does uh, that he is pretending to be broken up. I don't know sharing things with. I think ultimately Marnes is a good guy, but mm-hmm. I do think her confiding in him so quickly is a, a leap of faith that I don't know that I would have I would have taken. In the same way you brought up, like, maybe she shouldn't share all these things with with Sandy. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, she's so, she's so, like, gung-ho and trying to find the truth. She's not really taking her time. And, again, I'm sure some of this stuff will, will bite her in the end. But the idea of them both kind of helping each other solve their, their respective murders um, that they're passionate about, I think, is, is pretty cool. Right. She's like, let's partner up to find out who killed your beloved mayor and who killed my acquaintance, George? <laughs> and she looks at him and stares deadpan at him. And he's like, why'd you say that so strangely? Your acquaintance, George. Why do you? And she's like, I don't know. We were never romantic. And he's like, good, because then I would have to punch you in a hallway because I'm Marnes the puncher. No, <laughs> slash you... the poisoner. <laughs> slash the poisoner. Oh, dang it. He's got so many nicknames, all of them violent. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to tell you, but Marnes the Wrencher is another one. I won't get into details into what that means, Tom. So they then go down and we meet Patrick Kennedy. And Patrick Kennedy is apparently someone who hates Marnes. And this is because Marnes did something that caused his wife to be, I don't know, executed or killed. Or I don't think she's cleaned. But did you recognize this actor that played Patrick Kennedy? He seemed familiar, but I didn't look it up. Do you, who is this? I believe he's a, he's a guy on Band of Brothers. Um, he's one of the main dudes on Band of Brothers. And so part of me is like, okay, this guy, I don't think they pull an actor in like that just to do a bit part. So my Mm -hmm. thought would be this is going to lead to something else. But the, um, 
What was the, I don't remember, what was the beef about between his dead wife and Marnes? I think we don't even really get it here. I think uh, Sims and Marnes talk about it a little bit later. I think it's just some kind of dust up with judicial and relics. So again, it is to your point, like this is seems weird and they got way too detailed with this. So I'm assuming we're going to come back to this and this is going to be part of, of Marnes' backstory. And then someone else gets punched in the face. And uh, more fake ice, I'm sure, is going to be used. <laughs> we have Juliet looking for the hard drive. And all personal effects go down to recycling. And so they also have a discussion about why he thinks the mayor was killed. Uh, and I like how she does this. She's like, listen, whenever in mechanical something doesn't work or goes down, we always have a theory as to why. And mm-hmm. she's like trying to figure out, okay, why... Do you think the mayor was killed? And, you know, this mirrors probably her her own thoughts on why George was killed and, mm-hmm. and her trying to find out his killer. Yeah, um, she's trying to, like, work on facts and stuff like that, not, like, conjecture, which is clearly what uh, Marnes is doing, just trying to punch his way to the truth. Oh, well, Marnes is a longtime deputy, goes by his gut, Tom, and sometimes <laughs> your gut says punch that guy and punch that guy and also send that person out for cleaning. And you're wrong a couple of times, Tom. You're probably wrong 90% of the time. But that 10% that of the 10? time, that's what it's all worth it. Anyway, Listen, I'll put 90% of people in jail just so those 10% can't go free. Yes. There's a quote there. Yes. That's, I think, yes. that My platform, yes. Tom, speak my language, man. Oh, no. All right. We're going to get letters. Uh, speaking of letters, there's a lot of shotgun talk. She's like, listen, you know, a shotgun is not always the best solution for everything. Strong disagree. Julian, strong disagree <laughs> on Julian's side, just so everyone's clear. But I don't think I caught this on this first watch. It would be weird if I got it on the first watch and not on the second watch. But I caught it on the second watch. There is a lot of, like, telegraphing of Marnes killing himself. And... Because she sees how like upset he is, and she's almost like, "Listen, a shotgun's not going to solve your problems." And then you have this also mirrored where he's hanging the punching bag. He like moves the chair, he hangs mm-hmm. a rope, and you're like, "Oh no, he's going to hang himself." But instead, it's just Marnes getting in that body work, you know, working the cardio, working the body. I mean, <laughs> punching bag Marnes—they call him—is just. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do, I, I thought it was interesting that they're like, hey, this guy's so sad he's going to kill himself. Psych! Yeah, I mean, they, I think they even do that when he's like holding the bottle over the railing. Yep. You think, is he going to jump? Is he going to jump? Yeah, so I'm, I'm with you. I guess I took it as Juliet just saying like, hey, you got to cut back on like being so violent because of all like the punching he had did earlier in the day and not trying to use a shotgun for more violence. I didn't necessarily think about the potential suicide attempts, but She's, yeah, I'm glad you. They definitely She obviously doesn't know his nickname, Shotgun Marnes, they call him. <laughs> so I don't really, I mean, if she had heard anything about Marnes, any one of his dozens of nicknames, she's know that violence, violence is the answer Marnes, they call him on <laughs> levels 37 through 41 and part of 42. Yeah, I think she needs to read that uh, syndrome poster or whatever again. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly right. He's like, I haven't even done five yet. All right, don't read the poster to me. Um, don't read poster Marnes. You should know that. <laughs> Anyways, all right. 
Young Juliet, we have this flashback once again. Don't care. Young Juliet runs to mechanical to solve her problems. Tom, take it away. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, so she leaves her horse toy behind. So she's kind of literally letting go of her her past. Uh, She goes and then runs to Martha, um, who we can find out has been there and been working in this... um, Toaster shop. I don't know. Yeah, fix-it toaster shop for forever. But I like this establishing how they met and and kind of how Martha took her under the wing and kind of pushed her into that scavenge team. And I think in like the next scene, we then get the dad showing up a little bit later and then kind of asking like if she's happy and if she's happy, okay, she should stay here. So again, like it's just, it's an odd relationship. It's very cold. There's no like, I love you. And she walks out of this scene from the dad. So I don't, I don't know quite what to, to make of this, but I'm sure we're going to get more. Sure, sure. I'll be interested to see where that relationship goes. Just no more flashbacks show. Show show <laughs> them working it out as Rebecca Ferguson and I'm going to say his name's Glenn Powell. Is that the actor's name? Ian no? Glenn or Ian Glenn? Yeah. Yeah, Glenn Powell. Anyways, <laughs> we have some looking through Holston stuff and recycling. We have then an important scene, I think, and I mentioned it early earlier is sims and marns so common and marns talking and they've clearly once again have a history they have a relationship and they were apparently working together in order to get billings as the next sheriff right that's how you took this yeah and i'm i'm interested to know like how far that thread goes is it just okay when holston was gone they had like Marnes had presented all these different options that were coming from Sims and Judicial and, like, who could be the next sheriff. But I don't know if it was, like, collusion, like they were colluding to put uh, Billings in place or or not. I don't, I don't know what that relationship is quite yet. But clearly yeah. at this point, Marnes is trying to... She, he sees that Juliet can help him potentially solve this murder and doesn't want to push the Judicial guy through yet. Right. So earlier, I think in... You know, after Holston is gone, he does make the Marnes makes the comment to the major, hey, or the mayor, hey, you could do worse than Billings. He's not a bad pick. And so that's mm-hmm. like his soft push. Yeah. And so now we're finding out he is very much involved in trying to get Billings in play. But mm-hmm. now that he has spent some time with Juliet, he discovered that she can turn a mean wrench and looks mm-hmm. great in the uniform and is just out there punching people in the face actually wait no he's the one punching people in the Mm -hmm. face anyways he's had the the (laughs) heart to heart with her and realizes she wants to find these killers as much as he does now he's kind of backing off on this and i thought it was interesting how like common played this or at least his character played this i didn't like there's a soft push from him where he's like hey well the judge really wants this Marnes comes back with, well, I don't work for the judge. Like, I don't know where Common... I don't think anything on Common's side is super nefarious, if that makes sense. I feel Mm -hmm. like... I feel like the judicial... Everything we've seen from judicial is just dudes, like, wearing black and sidling in corners Mm. and, like, staring at people. So it makes it seem... raising their children well. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Bad guys, they call them. (laughs) It makes it seem like they're kind of the menacing figures, but again, we haven't gotten anything from their perspective. But everything that we've gotten from Sims in common here has been very like straight and like well thought out, and like he's not like trying to push too heavy, but he's just trying to play his hand for this judge, which again, I'm sure we'll meet. Right. 
So, speaking of meeting people, we go from that conversation to Lucas, the guy in the cafeteria. Tom, mm-hmm. what's this guy's deal? I asked you earlier and you didn't <laughs> answer me. What's this guy's deal? What's going to happen here? I'm Yeah, I don't know where they're going to go. He does make a mention, which I think Martha does, or, or somebody else calls it out, of Juliet's name and like the origin of it being from the play. Um, I thought that's interesting. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe is, is he the Romeo to, to her Juliet? Ooh, I didn't even realize that was the play they were referring to. So now I'm super confused. I don't know. I don't know what his jam is. I don't know what their. Tr- I mean, they'll. We'll get to it, but they didn't give us enough in either of these episodes. I feel in order to yeah. really conjecture. I'm interested in a world that all of these people grew up in. Right, we're supposed to be 140 years in. And he's like, oh, did I just say something that could get me arrested? And she's like, I don't know. And I understand it's supposed to be like, oh, she just became sheriff, so she doesn't know necessarily all the rules. But mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like any of these people know the rules. Like, <laughs> what's a relic? What's not a relic? What'll get me arrested? Won't What won't get me arrested? Like, unless this is supposed to show that Lucas is not of the silo, did Lucas, like, sneak in from, I don't know, <laughs> The down, down, down deep from the volcano? Is Lucas a volcano person? That's that's my question, ultimately. I don't think Lucas is a volcano is, person. Tom, Tom, here and now, yes or no, is Lucas a volcano person? <laughs> did he come from the volcano that the silos built in? Yes or uh, no? No, no, he did not order the code red. He did not order the code red. I bet Lucas can't handle the truth, you know, mm, that no, he is not. a volcano person. I bet Juliet can't handle the truth that the silo is built on a volcano <laughs> uh, and soon will be shot into space. <laughs> Anyways, Martha and Juliet talk via radio, and this is her, like, there's a moment where Marnes is listening in, and she's like, I think I found an ally. And so you see a softening of Marnes. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, great. Marnes is on her side. She's got an ally. And uh, at the same time, Toaster Shop is working on the camcorder, right? Yeah, she's making progress. Something's lighting up on it. And I think she even mentions to Juliet, like, hey, we have something down here that like needs your, con- needs your review or something else. So I appreciate that they're being cautious while talking on the radio, knowing that other people can be listening in. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what's on this camcorder. I'm assuming it's going to be like, it's got a screen, right? So it's going to be video of something, right? Like, is it uh, is it George taking videos of himself, like, documenting things? Is it yes, more video yes. of outside? It is intimate photos of <laughs> okay. George uh, taking video of himself. <laughs> and everyone's going to be real surprised. And let's just say the censorship at Apple is going to be like, listen, we're going to need to blur <laughs> almost all of this if you're going to show it on a television show. And then they're like, no, we're streaming. That doesn't matter. And they're like, well, when we get bought by HBO, I know the censors are going to have an issue. So A field day. Anyways, um, let's go to Marnes being attacked. Um, <laughs> my, my first inclination when he gets attacked because he walks into the room and it's just dark and you know he's going to get attacked. I went straight to the other guys where Will Ferrell's like hiding in the corner and he's like, one, two, three, attack him, and just runs at him. <laughs> Oh, The Other Guys is a great movie. We should do The Other Guys sometime, Tom, during a break. Anyways, uh, Marnes, never been attacked in the dark, is his other nickname. Finally gets attacked in the dark. Uh, We have a struggle, and then eventually he's held at gunpoint via shotgun that was not locked in the gun safe, which is Mm. 
Not a great move by Marnes. Uh, we don't recognize this man that's holding the shotgun because you do get a pretty good, pretty good shot of him, right? Yeah, they they stop right on him. My, my initial impression was like, okay, this is Lucas. This is the guy that she just ran Volcano into. Volcano person, Lucas. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's just like he's waiting by the screen to see when the Martin's gonna go back to his room, but clearly it's not. So we're getting two brand new characters here that are seemingly gonna play much much bigger roles that we don't have really anything to to talk through yet. Right. I didn't appreciate the way they cut this. Like you should give some conclusion to this scene. Him just being held at gunpoint. Didn't I mean, really so he, help me. there's no way this guy wants him dead is my inception. Cause like he runs in and tries to like tackle him when he already had opened the gun safe and had the shotgun. If he really wanted to kill him here, he could have just killed him immediately. So, and I don't think even now pointing the shotgun at him, he wants to use it because obviously that's going to be very loud and probably suspicious. So my assumption is there's there's more more to go with that. It's not just kind of like a an attempted murder. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the issue is Marn's nickname being Marn's can't be killed by a shotgun. Probably gives this guy pause because he's like, oh no, this is a shotgun, and Marn's can't be killed by a shotgun. Can't be killed by a shotgun. So that's probably what the guy's thinking about. Okay. But probably. I don't know. Um, all of this is inconsequential because old Juliet can't stop trying to fix things that are clanging, opens up the air vent, which we all conjectured about, and it is not the hard drive, but it is the soft drive, and by that I mean it's George's file. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I, I tried to like pause and see if there's anything Oh, Tom, on. I knew you would, and I was yeah. so ready for this. Tom, <laughs> tell me what was on the sheet of paper as you paused it. I'm going to tell you, you didn't get nothing, because I did too. I tried Ooh. to be Tom for a moment. Look at you sleuthing it. But, you know, there, there's not really much on this. Um, she kind of gives a look like there is something that she finds, but it's really just the picture of him. And and the way she kind of, like, I like the idea that he does the same, uh, Holston does the same, like, string trick of it being, like, hidden down the... Uh, air vent and then she has to pull it up i thought that was cool the idea of him probably knowing that she wants to fix things and making a little clanking noise kind of like okay it's it's a great clue or whatever for for holston to leave um, but but the way she puts like that bag down i don't feel like there was anything else in it so i don't think the hard drive is there so she doesn't I agree. I, I think have I, it yet i don't think she has the hard drive i thought two things i thought Maybe the flowers are a reason to turn up the AC or turn up the air, which will cause the thing to clank that will lead her to the air vent. I had that that thought as to I'm still the biggest mystery to me is the flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, those will always be the central mystery of my life. The <laughs> other thing I think is as she looks at the file, she finds out that George had a family, a wife and kids, um, and she's super upset at him because he never told her. Um, that he was living two lives and had another family, and George is a bad guy. That's what I'm Yeah, he lives in the other silo. He went through the tunnel, and he went to the other silo, silo three, and that's where he had another family. Yep, and he's like, baby, I only, you know, they don't mean anything to me. Those are just my (laughs) wife and kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George, real bad guy is my, uh, and that's his nickname, George, real bad guy. Um, All right, I'm interested. I love murders. Wait, let me rephrase. I love shows where you have to figure out who's who's murdering who. Tom, do you have a main suspect? Do you have someone that like is is pulling the strings? Do you think we've met the person pulling the strings and causing the murders? 
No, and that's what I think is kind of fun about this show. Like, it's a murder mystery, but I feel like the mystery is more about, like, what is going on with the silo. Like, that's where the focus of all these questions are. Like, the, the characters need something to try to find, but us as an audience are trying to understand how the silo works, who are these players, and they're giving us a little bit more every episode, which I very much like. But yeah, I don't have any sort of early guesses at this point. When do you think we're going to meet Judicial? Or the judge, Judge Beddows. I would say I think the next Soon, episode. Right? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the next episode is called Hannah, which I think is Juliet's mom. So I'm imagining we're going to get a little bit more background, maybe there. But I would like to get judicial sooner than later for sure, because like, yeah, they make a big deal about this this judge and what her role is going to be, and what like her what is her power versus the mayor. Sure, sure. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Dr. Dad is slowly murdering everyone because okay. <laughs> um, he likes to murder people and then revive them. And that gives him the doctor complex that he's looking for. So Jorah Mormont, once again, killing everyone. So yeah, He'll be friend zone somehow. Yep, that's my official take. Uh, we appreciate all of you for joining us. If we miss something or you have questions or comments, you can reach us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. Tom has all the other social stuff. Uh, he does not give me the password, although he did give me recently access and let me run our OnlyFans account, which mm-hmm. I'm not sure what kind of social media that is, but... Uh, I'm supposed to be on there once a day, he said, doing something. <laughs> I haven't really read the directions all the way, but um, you can apparently reach me there. I'm assuming I'll be DMing people. I don't really know. Not sure. Yeah, that's what the lost camcorder of Team Binge. That's just a bunch of Julian videos. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, but you can also Poor follow people. us on Twitter and Instagram at Team Binge or at Team Binge Podcast. Again, we're a little bit behind on the show. I think we should catch up by the time the finale gets out there. So we're not theorycrafting a whole lot online. If you do want to theorycraft and reach out to us, please do via either email or social, but just keep it to the first four episodes. So again, fun time. I very much like the show. I think we even found out today that the show is going to be renewed for a second season. So we always, always love to hear that and uh, can't wait for more. Yep. We lost Cormac McCarthy, but we gained season two of Silo. So the (laughs) universe is really balancing itself out. Uh, If you've enjoyed us, we do ask if you would like to leave something nice to say, you can rate and review us at Apple Podcasts. And for Team Binge, I have been Julian. And I have been Tom. Till next time, everybody.